I've never liked to put um, bumper stickers on my own car, but I've always been glad that other people have. Um, and so I love, to, I love to go around and reading them. Um, I like this one that says, um, your kid may be an honor student, but you're an idiot. Um, I don't think that's very nice, but um, I did see that one. Uh, he who laughs last thinks the slowest. <laughs> Somebody just got that. <laughs> We still love you. Um, sometimes I wake up grumpy. Other times I let him sleep in. Yeah. I didn't fight my way to the top of the food chain to become a vegetarian. Oh, yeah, I like that one. How about the one that says, The more people I meet, the more I like my dog. <laughs> and for you cat people, I love cats. They taste just like chicken. Oh, no, no. Who put that in there? That's wrong, yeah. Um, I, I think the cleverest people spend most of their time writing bumper stickers. We should put them to work on the economy or something, but, uh, but they don't. They, they, they spend time writing jokes. It, jokes are really based on, on irony, aren't they? Or, or silliness or absurdity. Uh, aren't you glad that the Bible isn't written um, that way? That it's not written in irony or trivialities or absurdities. Only it is at times. That's the problem, isn't it? It is. And the gospel lesson today is among the strangest parables that Jesus ever told. It's a bit tricky. In fact, the, the evangelist St. Luke tries so hard to interpret this meaning that he gives us like three different meanings of what the, what the parable is. But let me back up for just a moment and remind you of the setting. Jesus is out, perhaps, in somebody's front yard. He's, um, he's got his friends sitting around. It's probably a nice summer day. And he's, um, he's teaching. He has, um, he has the Sunday school class going. Uh, I don't know if he uses PowerPoint, but he's, he's got them all sitting around, and he's, he's teaching them a lesson. And then, while he's teaching his closest friends this lesson, up walks these guys. They have long uh, curls down the side of their head. They, they, have, um, they have hats on. I don't know, maybe not a fedora, but... You know, a yarmulke or something like that. They're, they're these real religious, um, stringent type of people. And they walk up and, and they're kind of standing on the outskirts. And they're, they're listening to Jesus talk and they're saying, Oh, I think that some of this sounds pretty good. You could almost hear them nodding in ascension. Yes, yes, I agree, I agree. But then something else happens. Some other people start gathering around. They're not the kind of people who go to synagogue every Sunday, or every Saturday in that case. They're not the kind of people who gather together for regular religious meetings. They're what's called the Amha Eretz, the people of the land. Um, they're not particularly pious people. And they start showing up. And Jesus says, scoot over. Let these people sit down. He makes room for them. And the guys with the long curls and the, and the hats on top of their heads, they look at him with a little bit of suspicion. We thought that you were a good teacher, but you obviously don't know what kind of riffraff this is that you're letting come into your class right now. But then it gets worse. The prostitutes and the tax collectors start showing up. And instead of telling them to go away, Jesus tells his friends, move over, we've got more guests. And he lets them sit down too. And, and, and this is where it really gets problematic. This is where the whole, the whole uh, discussion begins to turn. Because these religious guys, these guys with the curls down the side of their head, and they've got this little box strapped to their hand and one across their forehead. You know, they have all the outward signs being very religious and very pious. They get a little bit upset about this. But they don't say to Jesus, what are you doing? They do what we would do. 
They whisper to one another, right? They turn to one another and say, believe this. Do you, you see what kind of people he's letting go up here? And they talk and, and they, uh, they discuss among themselves. Jesus doesn't have to be clairvoyant to know what they're thinking, does he? He hears the whispers. He, he knows what they're saying. And so he begins to address it. And he tells them these stories. The stories about a, about a lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost son. Uh, he's saying in these stories, people are important to God. But then he tells them another story. Right on the very end of it, there's nothing to suggest that he's moved anywhere in a different location. This is the same setting, the same story, and he tells this story. The story of the corrupt businessman. This is not the kind of story you would expect him to tell. It's wild, isn't it? This guy is about to lose his job, and so he's worried about his future. Here's what he does. He calls in all the debtors, all the people who, who have a line of credit at his boss's shop, and he says to them, well, it says here you owe $500. Give us $200. We'll call it even. And another guy comes in. He says, says here you owe $1,000. Give us $750. We'll call it even. And he goes down through the list and calls in all the people doing this. What kind of story is this that Jesus is telling? If you sat down to, to read your children a story or your grandchildren and you opened it up and it was about Willie DeWaba who broke into all the banks <laughs> and stole money so he could throw a party for his friends, you would look and who wrote this book, you know? A random house? What are you people thinking you're publishing this kind of book? This is the story that Jesus tells. The story of the corrupt business manager. And you see the problem right away, don't you? Does he want us to be corrupt business people? No. The point of the story, though, is this. When push comes to shove, we get very creative about solving our problems. When push comes to shove, we'll think about all kinds of things we never thought of before. There are ways to solve these problems, to address these difficulties. The wicked servant says, I'm not going to beg. I'm too weak to dig. I need to find a job. Jesus is saying, why do I let these people hang around me? Why do I let these ones that you want me to kick out of my group, why do I let them stay? Well, because they're important to God. And I'm going to do whatever I can to keep them here. You see, I want to be creative about the way that I reach them. I want to think through ways that are uh, innovative and new so that I can keep them here because they matter to God. And they should matter to you. This is the message he sends to these men with the long curls down their sideburns and the hats on their head and the, the phylactery on their hands. God is in the business of innovation in order to reach the world. And that's what I'm here to do as well. Don't give up on them. Keep working. Now, I think he's not saying it doesn't matter. We just, we just let them come in and, hey, what is that, a great old big party? Everybody just be as you are. No, he's not saying that at all. It's about transformation. But you can't even get to the discussion of transformation if you shut them out at the door. And so he welcomes them and lets them be part of the group. You see, the point here is, listen guys, when push comes to sub, you'll find a way to be creative to reach them. Or you'll find a way to lock the door and keep them out. There's a story about um, uh, Fiorello LaGuardia. He was the, the mayor of New York. And uh, apparently he was running the police court one day, and a man came in who had been charged with stealing bread. And the man um, said to the judge, he said, or to the mayor, he said, uh, you know, Mr. Mayor, I, I'm sorry, I, I plead guilty to this. It's just that I have no job, and, 
and my family is starving. And, and so uh, I promise I, I want to pay the baker back for his bread, but I had to steal it. And Miss LaGuardia looked at him and said, Well, uh, the law is the law, and I have no choice. I fine you $10 for stealing that loaf of bread. But then he did something strange. He reached into his wallet, opened it up, pulled out a $10 bill. He said, and here's the $10 to pay your fine. But I'm also going to remit the fine. Then he pulled out this giant hat that he used to wear, big fedora-like. He flipped it over. He threw the $10 bill in and he called the bailiff. And he said, bailiff, come forward. He said, I'm also going to charge everyone in this courtroom this morning 50 cents for living in a city where a man has to steal bread to feed his family. Now take the hat around and collect up all the money. So the bailiff went around and took 50 cents from everybody. And the mayor said, now give it to the man. And they handed the defendant $47.50. The man went in to be judged. And he walked out having been blessed. That's our story. That's who we are. We who should have been judged were instead blessed. And Jesus says, you know, if you were really creative and innovative, you'd find a way to tell that story to the world. Amen.